Hello everyone and welcome to When Life Gives You Lemons, our wee podcast about tackling and coping with some of life's challenges, hosted by me, Jenny McIntyre, and founder of Let's, Michael Byrne. Hi everyone, it's Michael Byrne here. Um, thanks very much for joining us again. Uh, the response to the podcast over the past couple of weeks has been phenomenal. So if you've listened over the last couple of weeks, Thank you very much, Jenny and I much appreciated of it, and we hope that you enjoy this one. So, with me today is Jenny, as Jenny has been the last couple of weeks, but over the last couple of weeks, we've not really found out too much about Jenny. So today, we thought it would be worthwhile just to see what we can find out a little bit about Jenny. So, Jenny, how are you today? Yes, I'm good. Michael, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Have you enjoyed the last couple of weeks? Yeah, not too bad. Like... I know we've kind of mentioned it before, it's finding that routine and things. So I think probably when we get out of the lockdown, I'll be so used to to my, my new wee routine here, I'll, I'll not want to be out of the lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's a danger, isn't it? I know. The, the, the old norm goes out the window and the new norm takes its place. I know. And it's 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 funny how quickly you can actually adjust. Um, it did take a, like a kind of week or so to, to settle in, but pretty much there now. I know, I think there's a statistic, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it says that if you do something so many days in a row, 21 days or something like that, then that's you. That's your new normality or that's what you then become, you know, your habit or, or whatever it is, that it doesn't take very long for you to adapt to this is the new way of, of doing things. It's incredible, isn't it? I know, I know, and I think, I know we'd kind of spoke about it briefly earlier, but I think what makes it so much easier is this great weather that we're getting. Um... And I know we've mentioned it in a couple of podcasts that if this had happened mid-winter, I think it would be a completely different story for a lot of people. Oh, ab- absolutely. I think as as we're recording this just now, I'm looking out the window and it's lovely sunshine and stuff like that. And I think on a normal winter's day, it would be grey and you'd be thinking it's going to be dark in a wee while. Whereas now you think I can still go out, have a walk, sunshine or, or whatever, a, a cycle as I know you've done earlier on. So great. Yes, I went and got myself a wee road bike, so that's me in training for a duathlon now. <laughs> well, yeah, I had to ask you, what's a duathlon then? Um, so I didn't. I thought it was just run and bike, but actually, turns out it's run bike run. Um, but <laughs> um, so I got Double myself funny. a wee bike, and I just thought, you know, I've got all this time on my hands. I'm just going to try and see how I get on. I know a lot of the kind of events have obviously been postponed for a wee while. So there's one scheduled for September. So so that's the that's the target for the next wee while. Um, become become an athlete. What's the, how long are the, the runs and the cycle then? Um, so the one, well, there's different distances and things like that. But I think I obviously just need to start myself off with, I think they call it a sprint. So it's five kilometres run, 20 kilometres a bike and five kilometers run again which doesn't sound like a great deal but I think when you put them all together it's 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 going to be really hard <laughs> Jenny, Jenny I think there's people probably just fell off their seat when they hear you <laughs> saying five kilometer run 20 kilometer cycle and then a five kilometer run isn't it much yeah well we'll see I've downloaded our wee training program so we'll see how we get on the next few weeks Brilliant. Well, well done. And, and good luck with the training. Uh, I envy you in that. That's and fantastic. you're more than welcome to join me, Michael, in this duathlon. Well, I, I mean, maybe we could do simultaneous training. You're, you're <laughs> training in uh, and I'll train in Glasgow. And we can yeah, via Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <I did> this. 
<laughs> I like that. <laughs> so we've been, we've been doing this a few weeks now, and even before we did this, we kind of both knew each other anyway, but um, never really known too much about yourself and your background and stuff like that. So I've always been intrigued um, about training for safety um your company. What exactly is it you guys do then? So very briefly, we are a health and safety training specialist. Um, we specialise, well, predominantly in the construction kind of industry. So a lot of work at height stuff, plant, um, all your manual handling, first aid, all that kind of thing. Um, and what we do is we work in partnership with kind of a lot of the leading providers and organisations throughout the UK. Um, so essentially, in a nutshell, that's that's kind of what we do. We've got obviously an e-learning library and things like that as well. So um, we've been going about four four-ish months now. Um, things are going really, really well, and it's it's just. It's like my wee baby. Um, I absolutely love it. I couldn't be happier with it. Well done. That's fantastic. It's great to hear. So I suppose health and safety construction, is that something that you've always wanted to do? <laughs> um, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's taken me a long, long time to kind of figure out who I am, what I want to do, what, what I kind of want from life. Um, and I suppose essentially since leaving school I've just kind of explored different things until I've eventually ended up here um, school for me well maybe 15 years ago now um, it wasn't great uh, I was always dead clever um, but I just didn't have the patience for it it wasn't that kind of learning wasn't really for me um, so I was always really really good at sports so I kind of thought that's where I would end up so I left school and I went to college and to uni um did sports science as I say that's I assumed that's where I would end up going Mm -hmm. um far cry from it now construction health and safety stuff um (laughs) and that's that's kind of where I thought I would end up um but then I finished university I didn't particularly enjoy it again Again, it's not really the way I like to learn. Um, mm-hmm. And I just thought if I went, that would set me up for life. I would have a kind of job to walk right into. And I got a bit of a fright, actually, when I finished uni and realised, actually, this is not done a great deal for me. Uh, at the time, I was working in housekeeping. Um, and I saw, like, a lot of my kind of peers going on to, like, different kind of jobs within the sport industry. And I... I didn't have a wee panic, but I just thought, I just kind of thought life would fall into place at that point, mm-hmm. and it didn't. Um, so at that point, I bought a round the world ticket. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Yeah. Um, and I, what I did was I worked, as I say, I worked in housekeeping, and I absolutely loved it. That's one thing I've always loved doing is working. Um, it was just for me finding what. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought, right, I'm going to go round the world see a bit of the world and almost have like a bit of a uh, eat pray love moment I suppose I thought I was going to have and just realize that right this is what I want to do and come home and and everything would be kind of sorted and I would I would know exactly what I was doing um so I traveled for a year um yeah it was good really really good and I learned a lot about myself um I would say I came back probably quite a bit of a different person a lot more confidence a lot more kind of self-reliant and things. And it had an absolutely 
amazing time. Um, that sounds fantastic. And I, I suppose an adventure like that absolutely would make you more confident and self-reliant because of some of the encounters that you may have ha- that may have happened during that year, but also that self-reliant upon yourself and, and you having to do things, almost putting you in a position where you're it's a, you know, you're on your own, you have to overcome overcome a lot of things, you know. Yeah, exactly. And at the time, so it was me and two of my friends had had kind of gone on this journey together. And at one point then on, well, on separate occasions, they'd, they both decided that it wasn't for them and they wanted to go home. So for me at that point, it was making the decision, do I just go with them or do I continue this the rest of this journey myself? And I'd worked too hard to go home, uh, to save up, and I had too much ahead of me. So I thought, you know what, Jenny, just go for it. So like you say, even think small things like walking into a hostel in the middle of Bangkok yourself and you really really have to kind of put yourself out there to meet people and make friends and and experience all these different experiences that I kind of went on um so for me it was it was great um so I did that for a year um and I then came home assumed that my life would then fall into place which it didn't uh, and I'll always always remember it was the day after I'd arrived home and me and my mum had gone um, out for a run and I mm-hmm. just remember absolutely bursting into tears out in this run in the middle of the street uh, and I was absolutely howling <laughs> and I think it was just kind of the realisation that this amazing year was now over, I was home and I didn't actually have a plan. <laughs> um, I think that and probably the fact that I'd put on four stone and weight so I couldn't actually run the length of myself anymore. <laughs> well, I suppose that's perfectly normal after a year's vacation, isn't it? Yeah, you know, that yeah. The, the, the journey's over and, and such, you know, and whilst you're on that journey, you're enjoying yourself, so you're not concerned. You know, you're eating, eating all these beautiful foods oh, and all yeah. these other- so those things aren't your concern at the time. Yeah, you know? no, and and I don't regret it for one for one second. No. Um, so at that point, I then applied for the it was called the Scottish Internship Graduate Certificate at mm-hmm. Dundee Uni. So it was the first time I'm sure it was the first time that they'd run the course. So it was kind of like a pilot thing. Um, and what you did was they you went in, you were there for a couple of months. They kind of taught you how to apply for jobs, how to interview, how to write CVs. You then went on a six-month internship and went back and did some more of the same after your internship. Um, so at that point, again, I thought, this is it. That I know what I'm doing. Um, this is going to really lead me on to something. And the course was incredible. It was so, so good. I couldn't recommend it more. Um, all the kind of do you know when you go for like maybe a job interview and it's a kind of group assessment and things like that uh-huh. so it was teaching you how to behave in, in these um, situations and things like that and every on a Monday they would give you a job role that you were like applying for you had the week to research it and on a Friday they interviewed you for the job and they filmed it and then you would you and your kind of mentor would sit back and watch the uh, like the recording and go over like where you'd maybe went wrong, what you can be working on and stuff. So it was uh, it was so 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 good. Um, that sounds fantastic, doesn't it? It sounds like it's almost like a, a course in professional life skills. Yeah, it, it was it was amazing. As I say, I'm sure we were the first year, um, mm-hmm. so it was like a kind of pilot thing, and, and I'm 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 sure it's still going. It was really 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 good. 
And it was kind of more aimed at, um, I kind of felt a bit out of my depth at times because, I mean, here was me, sports science, um, kind of, as my dad would say, maybe a bit of a Mickey Mouse degree. Um, <laughs> and I was then, and so my internship was at the Glasgow School of Sport. But the kind of other people in my course, or maybe there was a girl who was um, something to do with medicine and they were trying to find a cure for cancer. There was another guy who was like this really good lawyer. Um, so it was all people like this. And then there was me who was just kind of wanting to run around with a football. Um, but <laughs> uh, the school of sport as well is such an incredible place. So I had an internship there for for six months. Um I don't know. Have you heard of the school of sport before, Michael? No, I, I didn't. You know, I'm from Glasgow, and I didn't even know there was a Glasgow school of sport as ignorant as that sounds. Yeah, so it's um, it's kind of joined on to Bell Houston Academy. All oh, right, okay. Um, so there's Bell Houston Academy, and there's there's a school of sport. So they specialise in five sports: it's hockey, badminton, swimming, athletics, Fantastic. and oh, the other one escapes me now. Um, but anyway, so. It's like kids from first year to sixth year who kind of are shown like great potential and and oh gymnastics is the other one, um in their in their chosen sport and then they mix training with schooling, so it's Brilliant. absolutely amazing, um and that's where I found weightlifting um because it's a big part of like their kind of strength and conditioning, mm-hmm. sure. um so very very quickly the weightlifting kind of started to consume my whole life. Um, mm. And at that point, I was like, maybe this is what I'm destined to do. I'm going to be a professional weightlifter. <laughs> That's the plan. The That's the plan. in terms of life. <laughs> um, so as I say, it was it, it really, really quickly consumed a lot of my life. And once my internship was over, I would just kind of got a job that kind of suited around my training schedule um, and things like that. And I was still living in Glasgow at the time. Um, so then I kind of accidentally, um, landed myself on the Glasgow Commonwealth Games squad. How do you accidentally just, end up on like, squad? <laughs> sheer accident. Um, and I mean, to be perfectly honest, my chances of qualifying for the games were, they were very slim. There was an outside chance, but I was a complete underdog, but... In my head and my heart, I believe that, you know, I, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a wee job working in a, um, it was like a warehouse. So it was absolutely freezing because it was middle winter, mm-hmm. um, making sandwiches for buffets. Sure. <laughs> um, and my shift would kind of be anything from two in the morning to two in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I would then train, go home, get something to eat, go back and train again. So yeah. um, life was dead, dead, dead busy. But I just couldn't think of anything else other than the weightlifting. It was just like, that's just all I wanted to do and think about. Um, but what I didn't realise on the other side of that is I was kind of running myself into the ground a wee bit. Yeah. Weightlifting is kind of like, um, it's like boxing. So you've got to do it by weight category. Um, mm-hmm, sure. So I'd come down a couple of weight classes and I was kind of having to live on about six to 800 calories per day, doing all this work, training twice a day. Um, so it was difficult. It was really, really hard. And then 
what I kind of found was I was just crying all the time, like all the time. I didn't know why. I remember just be driving along, it'd be a lovely sunny day, and I would just burst into tears. I'm thinking, what is going on with me? I just didn't understand it. That's the problem sometimes, isn't it? In the moment, you don't get it. But looking back now, you'd be thinking, oh, it's pretty clear why. I know. But the, I, I was just... I was sleep deprived, I think, um, and probably sleep deprived and calorie deprived. Starving, yeah, so 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 hungry. Um, so I didn't qualify um, for the Commonwealth Games, and at the time, it it broke my heart. Like I was really heartbroken mm-hmm. because I'd I'd given it my absolute all um, in so many different ways. Like with obviously like working all those long hours and shifts just to kind of make sure like the rent's paid and things and training and obviously my diet was horrendously strict and then it kind of at the time it was like that was all for nothing um but it wasn't it wasn't all for nothing because mm-hmm. for me yeah. like weightlifting still like all these years later it's like it's such a big kind of passion of mine and um yeah. such a big part of my life and actually um, in hindsight, I'm really glad I didn't qualify um, now because I then went and watched like kind of some of my teammates who had qualified. Uh, the weightlifting was on in Glasgow in the in the Armadillo. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And I just remember watching like a few of my friends coming out who had qualified and thinking, I am so glad <laughs> I did not qualify. Like I was just so not ready for it. I'd only been mm-hmm. weightlifting for about a year. Sure. So I hadn't even fully gotten my technique sorted or anything like that. So as much as it did break my heart, I'd, I know I wasn't ready to qualify anyway. Um, so, and it was it was really, really nice to see, like, all my friends and stuff competing and stuff as well like that. So, um, and it's also really interesting to see how far you can push your head and your body before it gives up. Yeah, that that that's what I was going to say. Actually, you know, just listen to. It. I think that I think you do yourself a disservice there. You know, when how many people do you know? I don't. You're the only person, and I'm. You know, I'm fifty years old, and I'm fifty years and living. I've never known anyone to be part of a Commonwealth squad. So <laughs> the numbers and the amount of people who have actually achieved something like that are very small. And I think the fact that you did achieve that is incredible. Okay, you didn't reach the the, the games as such, but my goodness, to be part of that Commonwealth squad in your own hometown, it's incredible. And I think uh, it's an incredible achievement that you should be really proud of for yourself. Yeah, and I am dead proud of it. And don't get me wrong, the the journey of it was amazing. Like, kind of the excitement on the lead up to like a week before a competition and you know you've got weight to cut, but you've all got weight to cut and you're all doing it together and travelling to like Wales and down south and up north and all these places to compete and meeting all these great people and it, it was so so good and like I'll always have have that and mm-hmm. um, it was such a great experience really really good um, and such a good team to be was, was, sorry. sorry I was just going to say that what you, you said there about realising how far you can push yourself and I think when you probably reflect, you think, yeah, you know, where you started to where you end up. But I think there's always that danger of just pushing it too far as yeah, well, isn't absolutely. it? absolutely. Know, mentally and physically in any, in any field. And I think sometimes you can actually want it too much. And I think that mm-hmm. hinders you. 
Um, there was times like as the kind of competitions were going on and on, and as I say, it was like there was it was an outside chance I was going to qualify, but as the competitions were going on and on there was less and less opportunity to qualify and at that point you start wanting it more and more and more and I think that hinders you you the enjoyment goes and it's 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 not fun anymore um so there was a slight bit of that but I wouldn't change any of it for the world anyway no absolutely and I think it it sounds like an incredible adventure I've I just do a wee bit of weights just to keep myself fit and, you know, generally stuff uh, more than anything else. I, I played a lot of football when I was growing up and when I stopped playing football, I didn't want to put weight on and stuff like that. And I do a wee bit of weights, not anywhere near in any class or anything like that far from it, just general health. But I'm a wee bit like that where you say, well, you just push yourself, you lift something one day and you know the next time you want to go back and lift it, you want it to be heavier, you want to do better, but you also know that at some point it's going to yeah. plateau and you then, what am I going to do when I reach the point of full capacity? Where where yeah. do I go then? And I suppose when, after the Commonwealth Games, think to yourself, you know, where did you go after that? How, where did, you know, where was your life going to take you so after that? So at that point, I kind of lost a wee bit of focus for, for the weightlifting at that point and I needed a wee bit of a break um, so I still kind of continued to train, not by any means as intensely as I was, and my my diet wasn't as strict by that point either. Um, and I kind of then going back to like where I'm, where am I going to end up here? I knew I needed to have something else because you, you can't just be a weightlifter forever. Um, so at that point, I was like, right, okay, let's maybe focus on uh, the job side of things again mm-hmm. um so by that point i was living in kamarnik um i'd kind of moved down there maybe six or seven months before before the games um and i was working in um another random job so i was working in the cook school cook school scotland and i was teaching kids um cooking essentially uh, and it was so so good I thought maybe this is it. I can teach kids how to mm-hmm. cook forever, um, but no. Um, so, as I absolutely loved working there again, as I say, like I, like I've loved every job I've had to be honest. But it kind of yeah. then came to a stage where I can't go any further from here. So it's like right back to the drawing board. The weight lifting's out. What is it I'm going to do? Um, and I, I think at times I've maybe put a lot of pressure on myself to make a decision rather than just enjoy yeah. the journey. Um, so I thought maybe I'll be a home ec teacher. Um, mm-hmm. But they, so I looked into that and then I was like, they wanted higher English and I didn't have higher English, which I find a bit strange yeah. in the sense that you've got all that uni and college and everything like that behind you. And the one thing that stops you is something that you didn't do when you were 15 or 16. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was when I then thought, right, okay, let's have a wee look here. And I ended up working um, for a health and safety training provider. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of where the kind of journey began of of how I'm here, Mm -hmm. where I am today. Um, And again, absolutely loved the job. But this time, it was almost slightly different in the sense that my brain just really absorbed everything. um, And I was dead good at it. And I thought, 
yeah, I, I like this. <laughs> um, I really like this. Um, so I was there quite a while and still obviously training with the weightlifting and things like that, competing now and again, but again, nothing is strict. Um, and it was the week before the, now what do you call it, the Scottish Open, the Scottish Seniors. So that was kind of like the opening competition of the year and one of our biggest comps um, in a year. Uh-huh. Um, it kind of sets you up for the rest of the, the competition calendar, if you like. Um, yeah, so yeah. it was a Saturday and I'd gone to, um, I, sometimes it's good to go to and train in different gyms because it, it means that you're not getting so, sets you up for a competition in the sense that you're kind of out of your comfort zone and things like that. So I'd yeah. gone to this gym um, for a training session um, and I, I did a, a clean. So I don't know if you know what a clean is. Yeah, so I did yeah, a clean yeah, yeah. and the bars hit me below my knee. Um, oh. And I didn't really think anything of it, to be honest. But about 20 minutes later, I was like thinking, God, my leg's quite hurting here. So I pulled my leggings up. So mm. I've hit myself below, below my knee and I've lifted my legging up. And above my knee, my whole leg has exploded open. And like you could see fat and you could see muscle. And it was just a clean cut. It was like an impact wound almost. And I was uh-huh, like, yeah. oh, my God. I said to my friend, look at my leg. Uh, and she's like, oh my God. So I was away to the hospital and everything, legs stitched up and um, and everything like that. And that was me. I was like, I don't think I can train for quite a while. My head was gone. Yeah. Obviously, I had this horrendous knee injury. Um, so at that point, I kind of threw myself into work even more. Um, I wasn't training as much and I was like, I always needed something. So I was like, as I say, throw myself into work even more. And I went and did, um, it's called your knee bosh. So it's your health and safety qualification. Yeah, um, yeah. So I went and did that up in Glasgow, um, sat my exams and everything. And again, I got to the point where I was a bit stuck in a rut and I was like, I don't know where I can go from here with where I was working and things like that. Um, absolutely loved my job and everything about it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to try and do this myself. Um, so I got my qualification, set everything up, went through the business gateway, they helped with the website, um, and spent months and months and months making sure all my kind of ducks were in a row, if you like. Um, and that's yeah. where I am. Um, and as I say, we've been going for like four months now. Obviously, there's a bit of a hiccup uh, with everything that's going on at the moment, but the way I see it is you've just got to take everything in your stride. When you decide to kind of take mm-hmm. the leap and you'll know yourself, set up on your own, you're going to come across these these hiccups and it's it's how you deal with it that makes the difference. So just now I'm technically furloughed. Um, so mm-hmm. you're kind of limited as to what you can do. Um, but yeah, as I've kind of said before, this, I'm just doing so much planning and strategizing and, and other things like that just now because yeah. there's, there's nothing else you can do. You've got to just kind of look at it positively and make do with what you've got. Um, and absolutely, absolutely wouldn't change any of it for the world. And I'm so happy with where I am. I'm sorry. That's fantastic. And I, I love the I love the journey of it. There was a couple of things uh, that you said that really struck me and inspired me, and uh, I'd, I'd kind of like to sure. explore a bit further. But you said in your early days when you were at school and so on, you felt that learning wasn't for you. 
but now you're on a training <laughs> company and I just wonder no, and, I, and I love that uh, that's one of the things I love and I was just going to ask do you think that you've the things that you now know that you didn't like about learning do you now incorporate you know the benefits of that into your own training company because people don't always learn the same way some people are more visual some people are more audio and some people like really one-to-one interaction and not all of them suit every person so do you kind of like learn those lessons from what didn't yeah. suit you or what did suit you as well. And, to get it and I think business. you've yeah. absolutely hit the nail on the head there. It's not everybody learns in the same way. Um, so I love to learn, but mm-hmm. I just, it was about finding how I love to do it. And also a subject that interests you, um, which yeah. makes all the difference. So yeah, we do incorporate it. And like you say, there's obviously so many different ways that you can learn now um i mean when i went and did my knee bosch i needed to do it in a classroom intensely to get it over with um because for example if i'd done distance learning it just wouldn't have worked and that's that's just for me so that's not to say that it wouldn't work for somebody else so there's so so many options out there um for learning now that it's it's incredible there is really something out there to suit everybody and as I say the more you're interested in the subject the easier it is absolutely and I think that the more interested you are in these it is but the more the variety of different ways of learning that you find out about that thing as well so it can be YouTube videos or it could be online courses or it could just be hearing podcasts like this that you can still pick up invaluable things that to learn about the subject that is that you're oh learning absolutely about. i mean i know like you say there's like e-learning and, and things like that and at times i push myself to do it but at times i'd far rather be chatting with somebody about it in a group or or doing something practical if you can um but then other yeah. people will sit down and do an e-learning course and absorb every last piece of information um, and I suppose it's just about knowing yourself Well that, that's what I was going to say and I think that's the beauty that we when, when you know you kind of do what you do you realise that everybody is different we all learn different ways and we all have we might share an experience but we'll all learn something different from that experience and we'll all come out of it in a different way and there's one other thing that you said that absolutely stuck a chord with me when you were in the Commonwealth squad and you believed uh, that you were going to qualify and for me belief is an incredibly important thing oh yeah absolutely um I mean even to kind of to to when I decided I was going to set up on my own to even then mm-hmm. kind of you've you've got bills to pay you've got a mortgage to pay you've got food to put on the table and to then take that decision to quit a full-time job with a decent enough salary um and not know when you're going to start bringing money in you really really do mm-hmm. need to have that belief in yourself because if not you're not going to get very far Absolutely. When I when I was setting up uh, my business, and, and maybe it was the same with yourself, I'm not too sure, but there's people around you who say, what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? And you kind of then, you know, I kind of felt that I was a lone voice for a while saying, yeah. but what if it does? I believe I believe that it will work. Uh, I'm not going to do something because someone else says, well, you know, this might not, this might not. And I think that belief that certainly you've had, that you've had throughout your life and you know, with the sports science stuff and the Commonwealth Games and setting up your own business is phenomenal. And I think that's a message to a lot of people. Certainly, 
that if you believe in something, you believe in your own abilities, then you can can overcome what's going on just now. But you can yeah, be anything absolutely. you want and I think to be. For that kind of mindset of, but what if it doesn't work? The way I always think about it is, mm-hmm. it might not work that way, but we can always try it another way. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there's so many times you really do have to be thinking outside the box. And you'll know yourself when, when you're running your own business and it's just you you're the only one that's accountable. So if something doesn't work, it, does, mm. it doesn't mean that, that it's all just not worked and let's just give up. It's like, right, okay, let's just go back to the drawing board and think about how we can make this work in a, in a different way. Definitely. I always think that there are, there are many, many different types of people in the world, but predominantly people are split into different categories of either being yeah. a pessimist or an optimist. I always say that a pessimist is never disappointed. A pessimist will always tell you, see, I told you that wasn't going to work. I told you that. I told you that. Whereas an optimist, like you and I would say, do you know what? That didn't work, but what am I, What can I learn from it? And how can yeah, I make sure it absolutely. works the next you time? Absolutely. just keep going until it does. <laughs> until it does work. Absolutely. And, and you know, it, it, loads of people say it, you know, and I know, I think every week I've said a quote about Muhammad Ali or Nelson Mandela or something like that. But it always is about how you overcome adversity. And I think Muhammad Ali says, you know, it's it's not about how many times you get knocked down, it's about yeah. how many times you pick yourself up. And yeah. that's the real and challenge in life, isn't it? Anytime somebody's kind of said to me, well, what if it doesn't work or, or whatever else, I just say, well, do you know what? It's not that big a deal. I'll just go get a job. And at least I've tried. <laughs> Aye, and it's that strong belief in yourself. And that's certainly something that I've, I've uh, taken from uh, this chat with you, um, Jenny, over the last few while is about the, the journey that you've been on for me is fantastic. That you've had that belief in yourself to go on an around the world trip that lots, you know, lots of people certainly wouldn't do and wouldn't have the, the bravery or courage to do. Uh, and then to, you know, enroll in the Glasgow School of Sport and then to take up, um, you know, weightlifting and have that belief that they're going to be successful and to be in a Commonwealth team. I, I'm blown away <laughs> by that. I think that's fantastic. And then Later on in your journey, you set up your own business. I think, I think you do yourself a disservice when you speak about, oh, you know, I'll give it a try and all of that. All of these things have, in your life, have created a certain level of dedication that you've had to fulfil. You know, the weightlifting, setting up your own business. There is a dedication and a belief there, and I think it really yeah, sets through in everything you've done. I don't see it as any kind of greatness. I just think when I look back, I don't want to have any kind of thinking of what if what if I'd done that or what if mm. I'd tried that? Just just try it. See what happens. <laughs> Do you know, that, that's really strange. I had a conversation uh, with, you know, someone I'm helping just a couple of days ago and and I said, look, you know, don't live in a what-if world. The what-if world doesn't exist. The only thing that matters right now is what you're doing now and what you want to do in the future. Don't do, don't live in the what-if of the past. But thinking the what if in the future, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that, um, and don't for, you know forget about what ifs because what ifs don't exist. We, some people are just crippled by what if this doesn't work, what if that doesn't work, what if I'd done this instead of that. The reality is, is the past is the past. It, yeah. it's there and it's all factual. The reality is going yeah, forward. Exactly. You can be and you want to be. Um, a friend of mine kind of said when I was getting all this kind of planning and writing website content and and everything like that done and. I was talking to him about kind of a few comments that different people had made and things. And what he said to me was, do not surround yourself with negativity. Just don't do it. 
Um, and I'll, I'll always kind of, any kind of, I know there's things that kind of slightly are negative and things like that, but any kind of negativity towards anything I'm doing, I just shut it off. Yeah, absolutely. I think, the again, I, I know I'm boring people with this talk of quotes, but I read something recently that said, you know, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but it says, you know, when people tell you you can't do something, what they're really doing is yeah. placing their limitations yeah. on you. Because their belief that that can't be done, it doesn't have to be yours or, or yeah. mine. And I think Absolutely. that's so Anything's right, you know? possible, Michael. Exactly. Absolutely. Anything's <laughs> possible when you believe, Jenny. Right, well, Jenny, it's been fantastic finding out all about your adventure and your journey, and I'm blown away by it. Um, and yeah. thank you very much for sharing it with us, Jenny, and I hope that everyone, when they hear this, is equally as admirable, Jenny, as I am today. Thank you, Jenny. My wee life, and that was it. 